Hello from Pippin and Bobbin. Hello from Jerry and Joe. We hope to get you laughing. We're shrubbed and ready to go. Hello from Pippin and Bobbin. I'm the string and I'm the bow. I'm the straight man and I'm the daffin. I'm the rain and I'm the dough. You need a bill of cheer. And life is getting you done. We'll drive that volunteer. And when we chase away that cry. Hello from Pippin and Bobbin. Hello from Jerry and Joe. When we hear you clapping, it sets our heart aglow. Fizzin' and Faffin' the Comeback Kids Episode 2 Don't let the lockdown get you down Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. It's great to be back working here at Flinders Caravan Park. Not right, Jerry? Oh, it is indeed a pleasure, Joe. And we'd like to frank thank Fred Flinders, the owner, for giving us a lovely caravan to stay the night in. And you know, Joe, you'll never guess who the previous occupant of that caravan was. No, who was it? A gypsy lady. How do you know? Well, she left her crystal ball. Well, I didn't see that. Well, you're in a different bed to me. I found it onto the blankets. Did you read it? Oh, no, I didn't read. I don't read crystal balls. And why not? There's no future in it. See, no wonder you get groans from the audience for that one. And what are you doing wearing that pin helmet for? What's that? This helmet belonged to my Uncle Jasper. And pray, who was he? He was a famous explorer. And he once took me on an exhibition with him through expedition as well through the jungles of darkest africa oh what was that like the heat was intense so what did you do i came out of the tents <laughs> you know jerry i'm amazed at how people can actually tell the time by looking at the sun yeah and so am i i can't even see the numbers on it <laughs> so tell me did you see any wild animals in the jungle yeah we saw a lion. What happened? Uncle Jasper threw a stick at him. Then did you both run? Why should I run? I didn't throw a stick at him. That makes sense. <laughs> but my uncle had prepared me well for the jungle. How come? Well, he told me if I ever saw a leopard, I was to shoot him on the spot. Yes, that's good advice. <laughs> he also told me if I ever saw the brown and yellow snake, it was deadly. And I was to grab him by the tail and repeat this rhyme. Brown, yellow, brown, yellow, brown, yellow. Until I got to his head. And then what? Then I was to snap it off. <gasps> did you ever come across one? I did. And I did just what Uncle said. I went, brown, yellow, brown, yellow, brown, yellow. Yeah, and what happened? When I got to his head, it was a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> well, you lived to tell the tale. Tale, very good. <laughs> I'm having that one, Joe. You didn't happen to come across Tarzan when you were in the jungle, did you? Oh, I did. And he was sitting up a tree. And I saw this letter on the ground, so I picked it up and opened it. Who was it from? Barclays Bank. <laughs> did you tell Tarzan? Yes. What did he say? He said, tell him I've swapped branches. 
<laughs> and where was Uncle Jasper when all this was going on? Well, he came back with this little pygmy. He said, let's cook him and we'll have a steak and pygmy pie for our dinner. Now, I wonder what Mary Berry would say about that dish. Would you like to hear more? I can't wait. Well, Uncle Jasper said, I want you to turn him slowly on the spit and cook the chips underneath him. I'm going off to get some firewood. Well, well, I didn't want to cook the little pygmy. He was only tiny. I'd be glad when this routine's over. Well, what happened? Well, Uncle Jasper came back and, and I was turning him quickly and he said, I told you to turn him slowly. I said, when I turn him slowly, he keeps eating all the chips. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everyone, this is Jerry Fatton and that was the last performance we did before the coronavirus arrived and we all went into lockdown. We'd stayed the night in the caravan fled flinders the owner had provided for us. Then, because Joe's wife had gone to Poland to visit her folks, Joe had been staying with me. And that's where we both were going to be for the foreseeable future. Right, okay. Pay attention now. How many cards do you want? Three. Right. I'll take three as well. What do you bet? Two matches. I'll see you two and raise you another four matches. Okay, I'll see you. Right. I've got three jacks. Two juices. Whoa! That's the sixth game in a row I've won. It's your deal. No, that's me out. That's me out? I'm just getting warmed up. No wonder you've got all the matches. <laughs> so, what's for tea? Baked beans on toast. We had that last night. Well, there was some left in the tin. Oh, we don't want to be wasting food during this lockdown. I don't know what's going to get me first, COVID-19 or starvation. Well, I would have went to the supermarket, but I'd already been to the corner shop for a bottle of milk in the morning. And you know you're only allowed one form of exercise a day. Yeah, but aren't you allowed to slip out for essential services? Well, what exactly are essential services? Helping an, under, an undernourished straight man in a double act get a square meal. <laughs> Who is it? Jerry, it's Cynthia from upstairs. I've just been to the supermarket. I've got a couple of extra things for you. I'll leave them outside your door. Oh, thanks, Cynthia. That's very neighbourly of you. I know you like beans, so I've left you two. Oh, no. Um, great, <laughs> Cynthia. That's great. Uh, how much do I owe you? Oh, just buy me a glass of wine when the pub's reopen. Listen, though, if you're thinking of going to the supermarket yourself at the bottom of the street, I'd get down there early if I was you. Is it busy? Oh, I'll say. It's like the January sales. I'll take your advice. Uh, thanks again for the pub. Uh, the grub. <laughs> no problem. Stay safe, darling. Well, I suppose I should go down there and join the rat race. Oh, Jerry, you don't have to go. I'm only joking about the beans. No, Joe. You're my guest and you deserve the best. Hey, that rhymes. Besides, you're a victim of circumstance. You weren't to know this pandemic would strike and we'd all go into lockdown. Now, what type of protective clothing can I put on? I've got an idea. Put on a pair of dark glasses and slip into the nearest food bank. That way they won't recognize us and we'll save a few bob into the bargain. <laughs> I'm not sure that'll work, Joe. They'll probably think we're the Blues Brothers. <laughs> Is it far to the supermarket? No, it's just five minutes by car. Are you sure you don't want me to go? No, you're fine. How do I look? Well, the white handkerchief makes a good mask, but... Uh, but? 
Well, don't you think the crash helmet's a bit over the top? Joe, you heard Cynthia from upstairs. It's dog eat dog down there. Yeah, as long as you don't mistake you for a hell's angel. Right. Wish me luck. If I'm not back in half an hour, send in reinforcements. <laughs> So I headed off. While I was away, Joe heard from his wife, Hannah, in Warsaw, that because they'd declared a lockdown over there as well, she would have to stay with her parents a bit longer. So that was it. Joe was stuck with me. Meanwhile, I was having my own problems in the supermarket. Hey, watch where you're going with that trolley. Oh, sorry, madam. I, I didn't think you were going to stop at the meat counter. I always stop at the meat counter. You slammed right into my bottom. I'm going to get my husband to sort you out. Jason! No, no, look, there's no need to go that far. Uh, what is it, Janice? Sort that fella out while I get meat. Wow, what did he do? Well, he, he rammed his trolley right into my buttocks. Is that true? Well, well not really. I, I, I didn't mean to. She is a big target. Why? Uh, 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 uh. You wouldn't hit a man wearing glasses, would you? But you're not wearing glasses. Well, I lost them, and I can't get to the opticians to get another pair because of the lockdown. Well, you could have ordered some online. Jason, I'm getting yet. Well, he normally wears glasses. Well, I wear glasses, but he hasn't stopped getting me. Well, <laughs> move along, please, and keep a safe distance from other customers. Well, I was never as glad to see a security man as I did that day. He was as welcome as the flowers in May to dear old Donny Gall, as the mummy in Ireland used to say. After that experience, I dashed round the supermarket like an athlete in full throttle. When I got home, Joe said Emily had rang, so I gave her a call back. Hello, Premier Productions, Emily Hunt speaking. Emily, it's Jerry. Oh, Jerry, I'm glad to hear your voice. All I've had all day are cancellations. It's been relentless. I think the whole world of entertainment has been put on hold. I know. We're living in unprecedented times, Emily. Indeed. How are you and Joe coping? Well, we haven't strangled each other yet. <laughs> Listen, how's your dad? Well, he's coping. We blow kisses through the care home windows and the staff there are living in to make sure everyone's safe. Oh, that's dedication for you. Uh, uh, tell me, is Freddie frustrated he can't put shows on? Well, a bit, although he does get them to come to their bedroom windows and open them and, and clock the NHS every Thursday at eight. One lady got a, pat, a pom, pat out, pot out to bash with a wooden spoon and didn't realise it wasn't empty. <laughs> Everybody below is going in spaghetti. How do you think things will pan out? Well, I think all the pantos will have to be rewritten. Well, how do you mean? Well... Cinderella won't be able to dance with the prince because of social distancing. And every time he'll add in the lamp, he'll have to run off and wash his hands. And it'll have to be Snow White and the Six Dwarfs. Six Dwarfs? Well, there's no way she can have sneezing. You're a character, Emily. But seriously, I think the cinemas will reopen before the theatres. Why's that? Well, it's so much easier for them. They have about 12 cinemas in one complex, each one showing the same movie three or four times a day. They just whack a film on the big screen and bingo. They don't have to worry about social distancing because there's never more than half a dozen people in there at any one time. The last one time I went to the cinema, there's only me and one other person in there. And that was the cleaner. 
Yeah, I get what you mean. Hey, you don't think you could interest one of those big cinema chains in booking a warm-up act to go on before the main feature, could you? No, there's a thought. Well, I must go. I'm only halfway through counting the flowers on the wallpaper. You and Joe take care. Eat well and get some daily exercise. We'll get through this together. And with those upbeat exchanges, Emily and I went back to our respective lockdowns. I knew she was missing not being able to get into the nursing home to see her dad. But knowing Emily, <laughs> I wouldn't put a pastor to dress up as a window cleaner and talk to him through the window while she pretended to wash it. As for Joe and I, we worked out a system for not getting in each other's hair. We'd do our own thing around the house through the day and then meet up in the evening for a meal and put the world to right. It was after one of those meals that I got an idea. Joe, I've got it. Well, don't give it to me. Do you want me to ring for a doctor? <laughs> I mean, I've got an idea to harness our talent and do some good during this lockdown. And pray, what is this light bulb moment? We put on a show for the residents of the Full Moon Care Home. We can't do our act wearing protective clothing. We don't need to. We'll do our act outside. Outside? Yeah. And our audience can open their windows and look out. And what about the PA system? Well, we can use the new one Freddie got for them. We could even get him to do the warm-up. Sure, what better man to do it? Well, I suppose care homes have had a tough time recently. It would be nice to bring them a bit of happiness. Uh, yeah. That's what I like to hear from my partner. Right. I let Emily know we're both up for it. She'll have a word with her dad, who in turn will have a word with the manageress, Melanie. And that was that. We were going to do our bit during the pandemic by entertaining the people who were most at risk from it. While we were waiting to hear back from Emily, Joe and I decided to phone our friends to see how they were coping during the lockdown. Joe got in touch with Alfie, the owner of the Yellow Ribbon Pub. food bike. I believe you're, you're struggling a bit, but you'd like me to send some grub around? Who is this? Alfie, it's Joe. Oh, Joe, I might have guessed. It's flipping and flapping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've just called to see how you're getting on during these troubled times. Oh, it's not too bad, Joe. We're doing carryouts, which is generating a bit of income. Well, that's a bit of good news. Yeah, of course, you always get the smart Alec. A fellow rang up the other day. He said, do, do you do takeaways? I said, sure, yeah. He said, well, can I take away the till? <laughs> yeah, he probably thought the change would do him good. <laughs> hey, now, why, why didn't I think of that? Anyway, how are you and Jerry coping? Somebody told me you're both staying at Jerry's place. Well, yeah, when lockdown kicked in, we were on our way back from a gig, and Eve, my wife, was staying with her folks anyway. Oh, it sounds a bit like that movie, The Odd Couple. <laughs> actually, actually, it is a bit. Jerry's very meticulous. If he's washed his hands once, he's washed his hands 40 times a day. Oh, surely that's a good thing. Yeah, but not after you've washed the dishes. <laughs> you won't even take a letter from the postman unless he's wearing a pair of gloves. <laughs> now, that's what I call hygiene. No, no. I think he's missing the live shows. At the moment, he's trying to arrange for us to do a show outside the Full Moon Care Home. Hey, now, that's a novel idea. Hey, they could do with cheering up. Yeah. But the main thing is it keeps our hand in while we're waiting for things to get back to normal. I do keep in touch. Oh, by the way, do you keep in touch with your, your regulars? Oh, yeah, I do a virtual pub quiz every week. We get some laughs with that. 
Really? Oh, there's a lady called Bernie. Her husband John does odd jobs around the bar for me. I said to her in the quiz last week, I said, what was Hitler's first name? She said, Heil. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you could put that in your act. Hey, yeah. look at the time, eh? I must go, Joe. The grandkids are coming round to sit in the garden. Okay, well, you stay safe, Alfie. Hey, you too, Joe. Hey, in regards to Jerry, I'll see you both on the other side. Bye. Joe and I loved ringing round to see how everybody was. It was our link to the outside world. We both had family over in Northern Ireland and lots of showbiz friends, and one thing was for sure, they would all usually be in. This lockdown also gave us a chance to indulge in our hobbies. Joe liked 60s music. Well, he'd played in a band during that era. In fact, there's nothing you could tell Joe about the whole decade. As for me, I like to write songs and sing for anyone who would listen. And in Joe, because of the lockdown, I had a captive audience. Joe, remember that song we used to, uh, to do? When you're in the red, don't feel blue. You've got two feet if you haven't got a shoe. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Well, I've written some new words to it. You know, just to help me to remember to wash my hands. Oh, yeah. Do you want to hear it? Do I have a choice? <laughs> Wash your hands for 20 seconds as the water flows and keep two meters from a stranger's toes. Don't hoard food, it'll be okay. The cows will give milk and the chickens will lay. And does it work? No. Nope. Why? I keep forgetting to sing it. I'm sorry I asked. But... but Joe, I've written a song for the Eurovision Song Contest. Well, I'm sure you're going to tell me how it goes. Are you ready? Yeah, I met a girl in Paris who was from Italy. We went to Switzerland where we learned to yodel the hee-dee. What do you think, Joe? Well, how about this? When I met a girl in Turkey, I was really chuffed. But when I asked her for a date, she told me the good stuff. Aye, aye. Oh, listen. Listen, now you're sending me up. Well, what do you expect? I met a girl from Paris who really was from Italy. Can't you see what I was trying to do? The more countries you mention in a song, the more likely the judges from that country will vote for you. Well, how about I met a girl from Timbuktu? It won't work. What do you mean it won't work? Because songs only work with shorter words. And where do you hear that, that nugget of musical knowledge? I read it in a book called How to Write a Song in 10 Minutes. And did you? No. Why not? It took me 10 minutes to find a pen. over the fact he's not going to be the next Andrew Lloyd Webber, he's fine as well. I've got some good news. My dad has talked to the care home manageress Melanie into putting a show on outside. Ah, Freddie does have some clout on that place. I didn't think he'd pull it off. Well, Melanie says as long as you don't kiss, hug or shake hands with anybody. Oh, and if anyone needs to sneeze, you've got to run into the next field. <laughs> Is that a writer in the contract? You bet. I'm also asking for tissues and some fairy liquid. Is, is Freddie going to rig up the sound? Oh yeah, he's going to do a warm-up act before you come on. Try and stop him. He'll get his accordion out and do a sing-along with them. It'll include the tribute to uh, the late Vera Lynn. Do you know there won't be a dry eye in the house? Yeah, it'll be like old times. We did the summer seasons together. You bet. I might even turn up with a bucket and spade and a kiss me quick hat on. Listen, I'll email you with the details, but if you want to make a quick mental note, it's this Sunday, 3 o'clock. Get there for two. Got it. See you there, Emily. Bye. Take care. 
And with that call, Joe and I had our first gig since the lockdown started. I mean, we had something to focus on. We both rolled our sleeves up and began writing and rehearsing. Then before we knew it, the big day had arrived. As we waited for Freddie to introduce us, we could see the care home in front of us covered in bunting. We felt good. They probably only ever did this for royal occasions. We could see residents peering out of their wide open windows, the nurses and staff sitting in chairs outside the front of the building, two meters apart, and all wearing protective masks. There was even a sprinkling of residents and cars in the car park, giving it the feel of a drive-in movie. I was excited, and I could tell by Joe's expression he felt the same. This just wasn't an ordinary show. This was about lifting the spirits of some of the most vulnerable people in our society, and it felt so good to be part of it. <laughs> folks that's enough from me will you welcome the act you've all been waiting for with a song and a smile and a hand sanitizer will you welcome Fiffin and Fathin thank you Freddie well ladies and gentlemen let me introduce you to a man whose courage during the last war earned him a bravery medal unfortunately it was awarded to him by the Nazis Would you welcome private JJ Fathin Private JJ? Yes, yes. Is it true that during the last war you saved the lives of a hundred men? That is correct. How did you do that? I shot the cook. <laughs> what regiment were you in? Uh, ice cream, jelly and... Ah, that's it. The Royal Ulster Trifles. Oh. <laughs> okay, think back now. What was the biggest battle you fought? With the wife. She didn't want me to go. <laughs> what is arm-to-arm -arm combat really like? It's very similar to shopping in Asda during lockdown. What was your most horrific experience? There I was on the beach. The noise was deafening. People shouting and screaming. The stench was unbearable. Yeah. Was that Normandy Beach? No, Bournemouth on a bank holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Faffin, could you please confine your exploits to those on the battlefield? Well, don't blame me if this gets too frightening. There we were in Flanders. The enemy attacked, the captain shouted, fire at will. And did you? No. Why not? I didn't know which one was Will. <laughs> well, they were all wearing the same uniforms. That's when I got captured. Wait a minute. You were a prisoner of war. Come on, tell us all about that. Well, they led me to this camp and the commandant said, if you're caught escaping again, you will be shot at dawn. Were you not frightened? No. Why not? I don't get up to nine o'clock. Did you try to escape? Yes, myself and two other prisoners. The first fella shimmied up the ball with a rope and jumped down into the bushes. Then what happened? Well, the Nazi guard shouted down, Who's there? And he went, Meow. Then what? Well, then the second guy climbed up the wall and dived into the bushes, and when the guard shouted down to him, he too went, Meow. Then what about you? Well, the rope was still there, so I legged it up the wall, and I, too, leapt into the bushes. And when the guard shouted, who's there, I shouted, it's another cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you lived to tell the tale. Ladies and gentlemen, Private J.J. Faffin. <laughs> what do you think, Jerry? What about this atmosphere here at the Full Moon Car Centre? Oh, it's such a lovely place, Joe. I think I'll check in myself. 
Who'd ever think we'd be hit by a pandemic? Yeah, but I'm having nothing to do with this virus. Really? Yeah, I'm washing my hands of the whole thing. <laughs> you know, over a hundred years ago, they had Spanish flu and that was lethal. What were the symptoms? Well, anyone who caught it had this irresistible urge to jump out of bed, grab a pair of castanets and stomp their feet on the ground. <laughs> well, at least we're all right. Yeah, and I just want to say thanks to all the care and support from these wonderful staff here at the Full Moon. Ah, oh, no, Jerry, before we go, would you like to say a few nice words to these lovely people? Yes, folks. If you want to waken up with a smile on your face, go to bed with a coat hanger in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> And so with the applause still ringing in our ears, we headed straight to our car and drove home in our stage suits. We would normally go around after the show and meet and greet our audience, but these were different times. We were just happy to prove a show could be done in lockdown and everyone was kept safe. The very next day was Joe's birthday and I'd gotten him a special present. However, before I was about to surprise him, the phone rang. Well, we thought it was better not to hang around, Emily. Oh, you're so right. Boy, was I proud of you two guys. The applause at the end of your set was deafening. Freddie was strutting around the reception area, drinking in all the compliments. I hope you didn't hear the heckler. Heckler? Yeah, one old codgy yelled out, Keep the noise down, I'm trying to have a nap. Before he closed his window, he threw a toilet roll out. I kept it, of course, they're a bit short, aren't they? <laughs> I didn't hear him. Well, you were in full flight. Another short-sighted lazy resident thought you were both window cleaners. She closed her window in case she got wet. If this lockdown keeps up, we both might have to take jobs as window cleaners. No, Jerry, stop. Listen, you got yourselves a lot of good PR doing that old folks show yesterday. I've got big plans for you two. Anyway, a big thank you for yesterday. You did me a big personal favour, and my dad's esteem is sky, sky high in that care home now. Don't mention it, Emily. And pass my thanks on to Joe. Will do. Bye. Bye. Later on, when Joe came in for dinner, I told him how chuffed Emily had been with our performance. You see, that night's dinner was a bit special because it was Joe's birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Stop it. You'll have me in tears in a minute. And Joe, there's more. I've got a present for you. What is it? Here, open it up. You, you must have spent the whole day wrapping this. What, what, what the? It's your favorite, Joe, a tin of beans. <laughs> now, Joe, don't do anything silly. <laughs> Yay! Good night from Pippin and Baffin. Good night from Jerry and Joe. Great to hear you laughing at the lines that we did throw. Good luck from Pippin and Baffin. Good luck from Jerry and Joe. 
like a flower we seen you blossom at the seeds that we did sow we hope that you're content and that you've come to the right place it was money well spent we put a smile up on your face thanks from fiffin and Fafin. thanks from jerry and joe thanks for all the clapping and thanks for coming to our show to Fiffin and Fappin, the comeback kids, Don't Let the Lockdown Get You Down, starring Jonathan Young as Joel Fiffin and Jimmy Cricket as Jerry Fappin. All the parts of Emily, Cynthia and Janice were played by Mandy Stapleford. The parts of Alfie, Jason and Freddie were played by Colin Meredith. The script was written by Jimmy Cricket and the sound engineer was May Mulgrew. The program was a Welly Boots Entertainment production. Thank you, everybody. Now, we're going to let... Um, thank you, Mandy and uh, John and, uh, and Colin. And thank you very much, everybody, for appreciating and coming along tonight. <laughs>